0: On today's episode of Up in the Air, we bring on someone I've basically known for two decades now. I I pretty much consider her family. And uh, we had a great conversation. She ended up getting her undergraduate degree at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo Bachelor's in Nutrition. And then she wasn't quite sure what she was going to do after college. So she goes on to get a bachelor's degree in nursing. And then she starts as a registered nurse in Los Angeles at Good Samaritan Hospital of course, amid the pandemic. So it's been an incredible journey for her, and I couldn't be more excited to have this conversation. Everybody, Samantha Karam. Welcome, everybody. Episode eight of Up in the Air and uh, bringing on someone I've pretty much known my entire life. I kind of look at her like a a big sister, I guess you could say, uh, Sam Cam. How how are you, Sam?
1: I'm great. Or do you Alex. want to go
0: by Samantha?
1: No, Sam's perfect. Um, no, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, I was. Uh, we were joking right before this that I had only really had guys on the show um, up until this point. And so I thought, you know, <laughs> I need to bring a little diversity on here so people don't think I'm only talking to you know, a guy's perspective and and open up the conversation a little bit more. And I I thought you'd be great for this just because, number one, I haven't seen you in a while. And I feel like um, we used to see each other a lot more, you know, uh, for people that don't know, Sam's, I've grown up with Sam since I was like six years old, her brother, her, her middle brother is like my best friend, my brother, basically. So uh, our families have always known each other. But you add in this pandemic and this quarantine and, and everything that's gone on. And it feels like there's been some disconnect.
1: Yeah. I mean, growing up, Alec, it was like, either we were at your house or you were at our house. I mean, it was like every weekend. So it it really is like such a cool thing that our friendship has like continued into adulthood, but yeah, like you've moved to Bend, I've moved to LA. So this is like right. a fun little catch up.
0: Yeah. So explain to people, number one, uh, you know, where you are right now and, and kind of what the vibe is over there. Cause I've talked to people in a different places and it's different everywhere you go.
1: Yeah, so currently I'm living in Los Angeles, um, which you know has been like one of the more restricted areas. And I'm, I'm a COVID nurse in downtown LA. So that adds like a different uh, perspective to all of it as well. But yeah, so like I, I live about three miles west of downtown, I'm definitely like in the heart of like central LA. So it's kind of sad to see the town like more closed up, like restaurants that are usually like super alive with music and different things and markets. You know, it's sad to see them kind of like all closed, um, but it's definitely starting to improve. So that's been like really fun to start to like go out to different things and say like, oh yeah, LA is gonna survive. We're gonna Right,
0: make- I think it's so weird in a place like that because so much of, of your everyday life is based upon the city. And and it's kind of this constant heartbeat and there's so much going on. But when you have an area that congested, that's going to be an area that gets affected the most. And so I think you're going to feel the brunt of it more so than like me here in Bend, 100,000 people. It's pretty wide open. You've got the mountains. There's avenues to take to sort of relieve that, that clustered feel. But you're in a situation that number one was probably for a while the most impacted area, maybe besides New York and yeah. you're working in the industry seeing it every day so you can't really get away from it um, so what were some of the things that maybe you started to do to sort of get yourself in a routine and deal with this every day because I can't even imagine what that thought process is like every morning
1: yeah I mean the nice thing about being a nurse in a time like this is that you still get to go to work so your are like home routine really gets to kind of remain the same so you know it's like but I have like made certain rules for myself just because I'm now living by myself for the first time also. Yeah. Um, it's, that's also like a new adjustment. But it's been And how like, is that? Um, you know, okay, so because prior to this, I was living with my best friend. Right. And it was like the most amazing setup. We had the best time. But now that I'm working nights, there really just isn't a way for me to have a roommate and to be able to sleep, especially with most people working from home now. Mm-hmm. That would just never work. So as much as I miss living with her, like I can, couldn't be more appreciative of my situation, but yeah, it's like, you definitely have to like, I'm like, okay, every morning I get home from work, I'm going to make sure all my dishes are done. It's like, I have like my, my little cleaning routine just to like maintain like my own space. Right. But it's like, okay, what do you do outside of that? You know, it, like everything's closed it's, but it's like, you know, you do things with your friends and, Luckily, I have my proximity to my friends is like really close, so we try to get together and do stuff. As far as like staying active, it's like go for a walk, let's do yoga on my roof, or I don't know. Because even gyms are just now starting to open, and I know it's so weird. I've I, been to in like a year.
0: Yeah, for me, and, and I don't know if you feel this, but like I always like to have a separation of of work and like free time or social time. Yeah. And when you get put into this situation where you're in a lockdown those intermingle they they suddenly become uniform and i i don't like that some people like to work from home some people don't mind working out in a home gym whatever Um, living in an apartment super difficult to do that it feels like there's no separation and that became frustrating to me and so the closure of gyms um, the ability to go out and socialize and feel that community aspect that really kind of messed with me and and still sort of does Um, so you have to really, I think, think creatively and outside the box to try right. and get through every day. So are there any new like habits or routines you've picked up throughout this? Cause I know a lot of people have for better or for worse.
1: You know, it's hard to say because so much of my routine has changed a, because I'm living alone and B, because I'm working nights and C, because of the pandemic. So it's like hard to know, like, what is the direct cause of each of these? Yeah. But, um, I really, you know what, I hate to say this, but my activity has kind of like stopped. <laughs> the one thing I did kind of pick up was rollerblading.
0: Really? Like,
1: yes. Like the rollerblades <laughs> are great. eighth grade. I'm not even joking.
0: They're still the so same like, ones.
1: Same ones like rested on the buckle. Yeah. Like, like I, I'll take those out. That's like my newest little activity. But other than that, like I, it's like I haven't kept up like doing those home workouts. They, they just don't work for me.
0: No, I, I, the mindset's not there. Like you walk into a gym and you're like, all right, like I'm here to work out. There's people around me. That's sort of nice that there's that, maybe not peer pressure, but it's just like, you don't want to look like a lazy idiot, you know, in front of other people. Whereas when you're at home, you can yeah. take a five minute break and be like, eh, whatever, I'll check my phone.
1: I know. And like, when you get to the gym, you're like, okay, I came all the all the way here for this purpose. I'm going to do it. You know?
0: Yeah. And, and that's another thing where for me, mentally, it was like, I'm going to a different place, not only physically, but yeah. mentally, I'm walking through this door. This is my time. And I don't like to work out with other people. I know some people do. I don't. That's me time. Like, I'm going to yeah. work out. I can focus on, you know, what I'm doing right there in the moment. And I can think about things I'm going to do tomorrow or things I could have done differently today. And, and I think it's just kind of like a therapeutic process for me. And so to take that away, and I think, and you could probably speak to this as well. Yes, the physical aspects of this pandemic have been bad, but the mental ones are are just as bad, I think, if not getting worse because yeah. people haven't had an outlet. Um, yeah. So rollerblading, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I, I, I like should you take, take that up.
1: you're rolling around. And it's a good way for me to like check out my new neighborhood and stuff. And like the houses over here are like stunning. I'm like sending pictures to friends like, <laughs> I bet they filmed a movie. (laughs) (laughs) So what
0: part of LA are you in?
1: It's called um, Hancock Park. Um, I guess the best way to describe it, it's about three miles west of downtown and about like two to three miles east of like West Hollywood. Wow. So it's like I'm right off of Melrose. I really love my neighborhood. It's like a perfect distance from work. It's a perfect distance from like Like the cool shopping I like to do, and like my neighborhood is so cute. I can like walk in, get coffee. I can rollerblade around, and you like people say hi, and they're walking their dogs. I mean, it's awesome. I've got a girlfriend right down the block. I've got a couple more friends, you know, a couple miles away. It's
0: and uh, what what's the commute like? Because that's always the thing with LA is you know public transportation's not nearly uh, totally as, as good as you'd like it to be. So do you have to? Do you get stuck in traffic? How does that work?
1: Rarely. Um, you know, it's only like three miles and I'd say like the most I've ever spent driving to work is like 15 minutes. That's it. Yeah. Huh. I live close. I live close. Do you close. think
0: that's because of the the current situation or is that something that's just by chance?
1: No, I think actually like, you know, COVID people staying home. I think it's a huge thing. Even like my apartment building, like our parking situation is just street parking. And, um, it's kind of like, there's always spots, which is like another huge plus of this building. But um, you can tell like cars will stay there for several days at a time. Mm. And yeah, there are people still are staying home. Like you can kind of see it. So I think that definitely helps with traffic.
0: And so if you could, um, you know, kind of flash back to growing up and, and what you wanted to do, we'll, we'll backpedal here. Did you see yourself here, you know, growing up? Did you imagine yourself doing this? Because I don't really remember... This being something on your radar. I don't, I don't think it was. I don't think it was one
1: of those kids that like knew what they were gonna do. Right. I was like just focused on sports. I was very much like, you know, let's tackle this week's challenge and like Right. go from there. I don't know. Like, even when I was picking my major for college, I was like, shoot, I have no idea what I wanna do. And, you know, I, I picked nutrition out of like just sheer interest in it, not like any sort of goal or future ideas. And I think it just totally led me to a place where I finally did see something that I was like, wow, I see a lot of purpose in this. And there's, the thing about this career that was so appealing to me was that, A, it's something that helps people, um, which was like, the only thing I knew I wanted to do was like, do something that helps people. And B, there's so much variability in it. So Mm. you can move anywhere, you can change your specialty. The, The opportunity for education in this field like really never ends um
0: that's interesting what do you mean by that
1: so you can advance your degree in so many different ways so like you can go into education and you can become an educator or you can go into clinical research you can go into administration you can even go into um this is something that i'm going to be looking more into you can go into like a legal aspect and kind of become an, a consultant so when there's patients that have been in the hospital and they kind of feel like you know, something went wrong with my care or something went wrong with my family members care, they can hire, it's called a legal nurse consultant to kind of review the case. And then they are now like, if it ever goes to court or something, they're like gonna be a witness to say, this was not standard of care or they can kind of back up the patient or back up the hospital based on the details of the case. And it's just like another way to advocate for the patient because there are gaps in healthcare and there are mistakes that happen in the hospital. That need to be held, you know, accountable. It's like another checks and balances for it. Right. And so it's like the the ways to be a nurse, there's just so many different ones. It's really cool.
0: Yeah, I think that's what people I think underestimate, or they don't understand the full scope. The healthcare yeah. system is so massive and there's so many moving parts. Yeah. And so you might tell someone, yeah, I'm a nurse. Okay, well, what does that mean? You know, right. that could mean so many different things. And to your point, you're getting into an area where If you feel like there's constant progress and advancement, you know, you're never going to get stuck doing the same thing every day. And, Mm -hmm. and I think people like careers in which they can progress themselves. I think, Mm -hmm. especially in today's day and age, like, you know, 30, 40 years ago, women didn't have the same opportunities that they do now. Uh, Education was, was obviously probably the biggest hurdle, but to your point, if you can progress yourself, you know, professionally, personally, and keep learning, To your point, I mean, you could really take it as far as you want, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, that was, I think, the most appealing thing to me was that just because I I was coming from a place where I was like, you know, I really don't know if I see myself doing any one thing for the rest of my life. This was like, well, this is great because I can change. I can make a change at any time. And like just how it was, you know, explained, it's just like, it's nice to know that if you would like to advance or you want to change a direction, like that option is always there
0: and you've got the experience that you can take into so many different things. Right. And so for you, I mean you you graduate, you get your your undergraduate degree from from Cal Poly, uh, which is in San Luis Obispo for for people that know. That that one there's two. Yeah. Um but I guess that's the only one that really matters, I guess. Yeah, exactly. But um so when you graduate, was this something that you know you were thinking about prior to graduation and how did this sort of How did this path begin for you? And then did you have people that kind of put you in the the right direction?
1: So when I was an undergrad, um, when I originally, you know, I was a nutrition student, I was interested mostly in the sports nutrition side, which is an amazing field. That that field is really interesting. Um, But we got a lot of clinical experience in my specific program. So we were doing a lot of research. We were doing uh, like hours in the community hospitals, just look, you know, with the patients and things like that. And the role of the dietitian in the hospital was not what I had in mind. Like for as clinical as our coursework was, we were not that involved with the actual patient. I thought it was going to be more like, you know, we learned this whole like nutritionist therapy thing. And so I thought we were going to be more involved in like developing the plan of care and, you know, speak, you know, more in tune with like the doctors and the providers and things like that. And it really wasn't like that. It was more of a removed role. Like you would read about the patient. You would kind of, you know, create a little plan and there was like a whole um, like logarithm that you would follow. And it really wasn't ever personalized to the patient and their needs. And I was like, man, this just is so different. You don't even really see the patient. You know, I don't know if this is what
0: you were too far removed from the people you were trying to help.
1: Yeah. And so I was like, you know, maybe I should think about something else. And because you have to invest a lot to become a dietitian as well. So I, with these thoughts, I was like, I don't know if I'm willing to continue on that path. And so, you know, just starting to look around and stuff. And I got involved in a few research projects at my, in my program and my professors having their PhDs, you know, they're just great mentors. And so I was kind of just chatting with them and they're like, well, why don't you look into research or why don't you look into this? And I'm like, yeah, that would be amazing too but i still kind of need that human component and i right. just landed on nursing because you 100 percent get the human component you're going to learn the most about these illnesses like when you're with the patient you're getting their labs you're with the doctor looking at their images and then the opportunity to jump into research is always there and so i'm like i think that's where i'm going to end up going so it was like it wasn't i wasn't 100 percent sure that was my plan when i was graduating I think I'd like say 80% sure I was like, this sounds like a good thing. I think I need to do more research. And then from there, I was, you know, able to make that choice.
0: Yeah. I I think that's a big thing for a lot of people is, um, and I talk about this a lot and I've talked about it with your brother. It's like you get sort of too focused on the end goal, like what you think you want to do. And then you start actually going through the process of it and you, you quickly realize, you know, what you had in mind isn't always how to get there and then yeah. you've got to be careful with, then it just becomes work. Yeah. And you don't want to have that feeling. You want to feel like every day there's something purposeful that you're doing. Now, some people like to sit down at a desk and not be bothered. Nothing wrong with that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but for other
0: people that I think that are a little bit more extroverted and, and do get a lot of energy and enjoyment out of being around others and helping others, uh, for, you, for you to be doing the dietitian aspect and realize I'm not really involved in this. Um, yeah. I think it's good that you realize that so quickly instead of just saying, well, I want to be a dietitian, so I'm just going to keep going. I
1: know, I know. And it is sometimes really scary to change the plan because oh, yeah. I've already spent all of this time and money studying this thing. Am I really going to change it? And then it's like, you kind of get to a point there where it's like, well, if I don't, this is the consequence of not. And then you right. just, oh. but it is scary. So I understand people getting stuck.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I think uh, the problem I think with kids our age and we're not necessarily Gen Z, we're like right before, we're we're technically millennials. Right. And the people that get annoyed with millennials, they're annoyed with Gen Z. So they need to understand the, the with, difference like, there.
1: The millennial complaining about them.
0: Yeah, they're annoyed with people like your younger brother and my sister. They're the Gen yeah. Zers that yeah. the, they're more annoying. But I think the problem with, with when we were growing up is you see the Mark Zuckerbergs. You see you know, these guys just sort of rise to this level of, of success and fame and money, and it happens so quickly for them. Now we get obsessed with the idea of, well, I should have everything figured out by the time I'm 22 years old, and right. I went to college to get my degree, and that's that. That's not, that's not a very healthy way to go about it.
1: Right, right, no, 100%.
0: But you also shouldn't be lazy either. Like some people are like, well, you know, I'm in college, I'll figure it out later. Well, you might regret that when you're 30.
1: Yeah, like it is a balance because you don't want to have all this pressure on yourself to have everything figured out. And I think one of the things our generation unfortunately has is like this instant gratification. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like, if we don't get it figured out right away, if we're not seeing like returns on our investments right away, like, we're discouraged, we're like, this isn't going to work. Something's not right, I got to change something which in a way is a good quality, but in another, it's like, you need to persevere and have the patience. It's it's all about the balance, which is hard to do because it's gonna be different for each person's situation. But-
0: Oh oh yeah, I think, you know, to your point, there's especially, I think, uh, you know, when you finish college, there's this anxiety of sort of what's next, you're excited, but then you're comparing yourself with everybody else. And that's a very, very slippery slope. You have to compare yourself with you every day. If you start yeah. going well, so and so got this job. Yeah. Then you, you, then you're just never gonna be satisfied.
1: A hundred percent. Like you couldn't have said that better. Like I think that first year out of college for me, when I, I graduate from Cal Poly, I'm still kind of figuring out what I'm gonna do. If I'm, I'm, am I really gonna apply to nursing programs? Am I gonna apply to this research internship in D.C.? Like I was kind of had a few things on my mind. And you know, I move home with my parents, and I'm working at a restaurant. I would say that was the worst year ever for my really? mental health. Yeah, for my mental health I was like so much anxiety, I was kind of depressed because I just felt like okay, I I just graduated college and I kind of feel like I'm back at square one. Hmm. You know, like okay, I know that I'm not going to be a dietitian, but I'm 100% unsure about what it is I am going to do. Like I have these ideas, but nothing is set in stone. And then you go through the process of applying and you're like am I going to get in where am I going to get in like all of that uncertainty I did not do well with it. Um That's yeah. So like if I had any advice for somebody going through that now is to just like journal try to make each day like intentional don't just kind of blow it off and say like well whatever works out is going to work out like no you have to like put in the work every day be intentional with it and then be nice to yourself
0: because it's No, I li- I like the be intentional thing. I think yeah. To say to work hard, okay, what, is that, what does that mean? Like work hard in the wrong direction or put, if you're in, I like that, intentional, then you know, you're know, you living each day with some sort of purpose as to where you're trying to go to. Yeah, but like, had you not gone through that year, who knows if you'd be the person you are right now
1: Right, right.
0: dealing with everything you've dealt with in LA. I mean, it's it's a super complicated situation. And to your point, you're by yourself. Uh, you've always been a very family oriented person and you've always had a very close group of friends around you. Um, And so when you go and live by yourself, uh, there's a lot of time to think by yourself, which is good and bad because I had that too. And you can start to really be critical of yourself Mm -hmm. because you're not living with someone who is talking to you maybe about their problems. You're just only thinking about yours. Yeah, And, And that's why I think it's always good to like call people talk yeah. to them. If you got yeah. a vent, so be it, but you can get really hard on yourself. Yeah. Uh, but I also think it's, it's necessary for people around our age. Like give yourself a little time just to be by yourself.
1: I think so too. Like have that internal dialogue, like get to know yourself, get comfortable being alone. It's weird, but I think I found out recently about myself. I'm, I'm actually like a really social introvert.
0: Yeah. I, I, I you know me I mean I was like super extroverted I think throughout school always involved in everything you know sign up for this sign up for that play sports and then I think when I graduated college and I was finally by myself it was like I felt like I had exerted so much energy for other people Uh you know to to please other people to to make other people happy that it was like what about you and yeah. that's when I really started to change my viewpoint. I, I ate healthier. Yeah. I worked out more. I drank less. I just started to worry about myself and it totally changed
1: those are those the way I feel. News.
0: Yeah. And, and I think to your point, it was like, I got really comfortable being alone. Maybe, maybe too much. So <laughs> because I had things a certain way, it was like, you go to work, I come home, I grocery shop, I buy the same stuff all the time. And yeah. then you go from that to living, you know, with a girlfriend who, uh, you know, maybe does things way differently than you do. And you're not used to that. And yeah. so that took some time, but it has allowed me to sort of calm down a little bit more. I'm, I can be a little uptight with, uh, with things. So it's, it's made me kind of be like, all right, chill out. You know
1: what I mean? I get it though, because I'm like really protective of my space now and like my time, like, yeah. especially you know when I get off work, it's like, I'm really particular about like, how much time do I have to sleep? Like, you know, please, like my phone's on, do not disturb. It's like, I really like to protect like my rest time. Cause I work is so crazy. Sometimes it's like so necessary, but I totally understand. It's like, you create this like little oasis for yourself at your house. Yeah. You have to like it, And that takes work. It takes a lot of work to build that. Oh so yeah. I understand how like the adjustments a little difficult.
0: Do you when you come home? So what time do you get home?
1: I get home around eight. A.m. Eight p.m.
0: Eight a.m. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah. you're working from what, like midnight to eight?
1: shift is seven uh, p.m. to seven thirty a.m. But you know, Dang. by the time I clock out, drive home, I walk in the door like eight.
0: And so, how do you get yourself to sleep throughout the day when everybody else is
1: awake? So blackout curtains is 100% necessary. Mm. Like I thought I could do it because I'm such a good napper, like an afternoon napper. I'm like, oh, I fall asleep in the sun all the time.
0: Yeah.
1: Not uh, possible. Yeah. It's straight up, like you just can't do it. So anyway, I have these shades and they're great because they, I can just fold them back up and you really can't see them. So it doesn't like change the look of my apartment. But yeah, I have those down and then I take a melatonin. I usually don't even need it, but I have it. And then I yeah. maybe walk. I can't even get through an episode of anything. I just crash. I'm like ready to sleep.
0: And so when you do have free time, is your internal clock so conditioned to be up during those hours that it's hard for you to go out and do anything maybe socially?
1: Um, Sometimes. Like when I was doing my um, orientation, the gal, so you're stuck with another nurse during your orientation for about three months. Hmm. And her schedule was every other day. So you pretty much have to commit That's so to- so not- weird yeah but she had to do that the poor lady because she and her husbands would switch off doing online classes with their kids so she had to set it up like that and i'm like oh my gosh i can't believe that you're going to get off work right now and then you're going to go home and do online school with your kids she's like yeah because he has to go to work and, Jeez. and I can sleep. and i'm like tomorrow <laughs> I'm ready to go to sleep now yeah but yeah so now i work my three days in a row uh-huh. and that allows me to have like at least three or four days off, maybe even five sometimes. And, um, so like my first day back, I'll sleep till like one or 2 PM and then I'll wake up, you know, run errands, hang out with friends. And then I'll be back in bed by like midnight. And then I wake up at at a tip at like a normal time the next day.
0: And And so when you're at work, is it difficult to, you know, I guess like find time to, cause I'm always curious, like, when do people eat and like, yeah. what's your, what's your breaks like? Like, how, how does that work? Cause I'm sure there's moments where you, you probably can't take a break.
1: Yeah. And there was like, during our surge, there was times, we, there's usually a designated break nurse mm. that will break you and allow you to have your 30 minute lunch. Um, but, you know, during our surge, we didn't have one staffed. It was, you know, we we're just so short. So there was definitely several, there was like a whole month we went without breaks and then those days, you just like go to the break room, like try to shove your sandwich in your mouth in 10 minutes, and drink as much water as you can, and like head out. Head back out. Ooh, days where like we couldn't even do that. Like there was, a, I like didn't even go to the bathroom or anything. But I mean, now that we have like resources again, and census is is down, we have a break nurse. She'll break us for a 30-minute lunch, and then we can take like two 15-minute breaks, like before and after that as well.
0: And I know you can't get into like super specifics, obviously, and and certain things are you know confidential. But was it ever frustrating for you when you're actually in the industry and you're seeing this firsthand on you know as they say the frontline workers, and then you've got millions and millions of people that number one aren't really afraid of it at all, which to each their own, but number two might think this entire thing is some coordinated operation that's fake essentially. So how, how did you deal with that?
1: I mean, honestly, like those people, those like radical <laughs> people, it's just so ridiculous to me. I just don't even think about it. I'm just like, oh my God, I can't even address it because it's just so far out left but it is frustrating seeing people think that they have a right to like go to a store without a mask on and they're going to like yell at the manager. I'm like, is this really impairing your life? Are you serious? There's people struggling to take breaths and you just need to put this on your face so you can go buy your milk, please. I don't understand the audacity that these people have to go in and shout out about that, but it is frustrating.
0: Yeah. It's very interesting. It, it became very political and it never should have it it should have been do I think there was missteps in the handling of it of course I mean there's if we could go back we'd probably do a lot of the things differently but we we weren't prepared for it clearly right um and and I think what happened was you had so many people believing that this was an infringement upon their freedoms and rights and, and what have you. And to a certain extent, I can understand that if I'm a business owner and I've had a restaurant for 40 right. years and, and they're telling me there's nothing I can do, I'm going to be pretty pissed off. But yeah. but at the same time, if we would have come together and been you know more unified and smarter about it and gotten the education about it, I think right. we would have handled it better. But people got really mad and they just said, screw it. And Anything that was told upon them to do, it was like, this is tyranny. Like, all right. Well,
1: I'm living in France right now, and she has to get a permission slip to even leave her apartment. Really? It's like, yeah, like there's in other countries, there's much more stringent protocols. And I'm like, you just need to wear this mask. It's yeah. not a big deal. You can still go to the store. This place is on.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've gotten to a point now where like, yeah, it, is get, it does get kind of tiresome to do it. But, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm not doing it to protect myself. Like, I'm not worried about me and, and anyone yeah. who's of our age bracket probably shouldn't be. But you should worry about your grandparents. You know, you should worry about people that are at risk. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. being around my own dad uh, when we went home for Thanksgiving, The entire time I was inside, you know, whatever, we were there all day, we wore a mask and it was super weird. And do I wish that wasn't the case? Of course, but I wasn't going to put him in an uncomfortable situation. And then, you know, a month later, see him have to go to the hospital for something just because, you know, I was uncomfortable for five minutes. You know what I mean? It just wasn't worth it to me in the the long run of,
1: of things. Yeah no i know i know but,
0: cause- but people have gotten so obsessed about it that now it's like it's you can only see things black and white and there's nobody that's willing to have a conversation about it anymore and you either yeah. overhear about it
1: over here it sucks yeah it's really strange i don't know like even um i was on a plane recently and they've got like strict mask rules on the plane oh yeah And like you see these people that have like their nose out and they like specifically say in the announcement overhead, like, please make sure your nose and mouth are covered. And they don't pull it up. And I was just getting irritated. I'm like, why would you just make somebody ask you again? (laughs) I'm just like, just put it on. It's like the
0: kids that, you know, you go to like the the field trip when you're little and they tell the kids, all right, you know, everybody do this, and there's that one kid who just wants to be the class clown and oh, sorry, Mrs. Johnson, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you're just being an ass.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, with bend being like more like spread out, I'm sure it's probably not as big of a conflict.
0: <sighs> it's interesting. And, you know, doing what I do, um, you have to be very careful when you're working in news. A lot of people go, you guys aren't journalists. You know, you guys aren't finding the facts oh, really? and what have you. It, it gets gnarly. I mean, I get some pretty gnarly phone calls which I do like answering them. I like responding to the, um, to the angry people. I'm, I'm pretty good at
1: that. Maybe members calling in to complain about your segments?
0: Oh, or- they will complain about anything and everything. They'll go, you know, we don't think your numbers are right for your COVID numbers. And I just say, look, we're only as good as our sources. The Oregon Health Authority sends these down. And, mm-hmm. and that's what we give you guys. We don't have the resources or people to go around And figure out every COVID case—that's impossible.
1: Right, and then they'll
0: say, "Well, you guys need to do some more investigative work." And I'll say, "You know, we're a small market. You know, we're we're a very small group of people here. Our job is to do a story every day that's local, and we do it to the best of our ability, and we provide both sides, Mm -hmm. and we really try hard to do that. But the problem has become if it doesn't, people watch cable news, okay, and cable news—it's opinionated." And that's, that's the nature of that business. But right. people will call in after watching these opinion cable shows and go, why aren't you guys reporting this? And I'll say, sir or ma'am, that that's an opinion show, you know? Yeah. So by all means, enjoy that. Their job is to get ratings and their job is to basically be an echo chamber to keep telling you what you like right. to hear. That's not my job. My right. job is to take what the information I'm given and put it out there. And then it's up to you to decide if you want to believe it or not. Yeah. That's not my job. My job is to just find out the information, put it out there. If it's wrong, I'd be the first one to say it was wrong.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: But it's gotten really, really bad where no one trusts us.
1: about it. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: I have people go, do you feel bad working for the news? Do you feel like you're contributing to like all of this? And I'm like, no, I I, I don't. I, I try really hard every day. Yeah. I, and I interview people and I ask hard questions and whatever they tell me is what I can present to you. And I never am allowed to say, I think, or I believe I, those words will never come out of my mouth. I'd get fired. Right. And so that's where, that's where this disconnect is right now. And um, people believe everything they see on Facebook and social media.
1: Yeah. I you know. know.
0: I've had people go, Oh, the, the nurses that they interview, you know, for NBC and all that's all fake. I'm like, yeah. What?
1: what do they want i wonder like what would make them happy what would what piece of news could they see and say oh that is great i believe this or i can trust this
0: i think a lot of people want to believe that because they're maybe not included in in these workings with the government or higher ups yeah. that they somehow know more than the average yeah. person like i'm in on the secret like i know i really know what's going on and it's like what <laughs> and so i think it's a game that they want to play where it's like we know more than the news people. And we know more, we, know, we really know what's going on. And it's like, okay, have fun, you know, go down that rabbit hole. But um, it's something that you just have to, to your point, you just have to do your job and not worry about it.
1: Yeah, I know, that's that's the thing. It's like, it, it, you, you'll never address all the things that they're upset about. You'll never find a solution. So it's like, okay, like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna redirect my attention. <laughs>
0: Were you ever afraid personally dealing with with this on a day-to-day basis?
1: Well, I actually, I mean, I never got my antibody test, but because I did my internship in the ER right when COVID was starting back in like Mm. February, March. And I got super sick around then, Um, but that was before we were really seeing it everywhere. It was more of like this rumor, you know. And so, but like, and it did go around like my group of, um, classmates and things so like I was like that had to be it and we all kind of have this like agreed thing like we probably had it because I never did get it and then I didn't get vaccinated I worked COVID pro- for probably five months before I got vaccinated wow and so we I mean we're really good about our PPE um, so I, I felt comfortable in that way but I mean there, there's just little things like if you like drop your pen then you're like okay now I have to remember to like set the system oh, right as even your shoes, like different things. Like I I sanitize like the inside of my car and that kind of thing. But I think living alone um, gives me a lot of peace with that because I'm not stressed about like bringing it home to anybody. Mm -hmm. I think if I myself were to get it, I would be relatively okay. Luckily based on like age and gender and well, not that gender matters, but you know, just the, the being a healthy 20s. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're you're a young person who takes care of themselves and yeah. your body can most likely fight.
1: I would most likely be okay, but um, you know, now that I have the vaccine, I feel like I could go and see my parents and be around, you know, larger groups and probably be better. So it's it's been a huge relief having the vaccine.
0: And, you know, obviously your your parents were super excited probably to have you, you know, follow through with all this and and yeah. get to start. And there's that excitement level. And then it coincides with something that's, we haven't seen in a hundred years. So technically you're an adult and you can handle yourself, but was there any, um, sort of pushback or worry from them to say, you know, Hey, Sam, like, you sure you really want to do this?
1: We talked about it. And because like, you know, your first year of nursing is like, you're just scared to death. I mean, you're like, Oh my God, there's so many ways to make a mistake. which you do make mistakes. It's going to happen. You just can't make the big ones. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like we were talking about it and I was like, totally, I like, didn't even question it in my mind when I got the job offer. I was just so thankful to have a job offer. And this is a hospital that I'd actually even been looking into for, you know, the last year. So I just was, I was feeling so thankful when I got this offer. So I just accepted like, yes, hundred percent, I'm going to do it. And then, you know, you kind of have like the come down of the excitement. You're like, Oh, wow. Like the reality kind of sets in. And so what I'm talking about with my parents and we're like, yeah, this is going to be like so crazy and probably scary, but what an experience to learn how to be a nurse in a situation like this and like what I'm going to learn and you know, how cool is it that I'm going to be able to like offer help in such a crisis, like, the opportunity to do good just outweighed like the fear.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, if you're gonna do it and you wanna learn, talk about being thrown in the fire. I mean, that's this exactly is it. it.
1: Yeah, I, there's like a respiratory therapist and you know, I think I was, I had been there a couple months before him and I had actually like introduced ourselves to each other and he goes, I've seen you around, but I haven't introduced myself yet, blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, well, I'm still new. So, you know, don't worry about it. He goes. Oh, honey, you're you a new nurse in the middle of a pandemic. You're not new.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you like, probably gained so much in such a short amount of time.
1: Yeah, I was just actually telling somebody the other day, like, you know, your first year of nursing, you're really scared of everything. Um, and I still am. Like, you're always going to have fear as a nurse because things are so out of your control sometimes. But what I've learned, which I think is like the most invaluable thing, is I've learned like what my resources are so that when I reach the end of like the road that I can figure out where I'm at, like, okay, I don't know what else to do here. I've dialed in what my resources are and like who to call and like how to figure out and get solutions to my problems. Mm. Like Calling the doctor, calling a different nurse, like looking things up on this, you know, database, different things because... I think that that's like the biggest thing that you need to figure out as a new nurse is what are your resources? Because you're not going to know everything. You, but right. like, solidify what your plan B's are, because you're going to have to call upon them. And this whole crisis, like you have, I mean, especially during our surge, I was having to do that every night. And so now I'm like, so comfortable calling a doctor and saying, like, I know that you don't agree, but I think you really need to come and at least see the patient. And then you can tell me that that that's not what you want to do, blah, blah, blah. And my confidence has grown so much. I mean, it is kind of incredible what this whole situation has done for me personally.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I think when this whole thing started, uh, you know, I looked at it one of two ways. Like you can either sort of cave and just yeah. wait for it to go away and you can sort of like be in the background or you can really take this head on and say, I can take this as an opportunity to get better personally, professionally. Right. You know, get ahead basically. Cause I think a lot of people, unfortunately, when this happened, I think their their workflow went down. I think their ability to be perhaps, you know, successful or or motivated yeah. went away. And I yeah. took it as of as like a I can take this in stride. So while other people are kind of laying their arms down, I'm gonna kick it up a notch and take this thing head on. And so that mentality is is probably huge. And then there's never gonna be anything that comes down your way that you probably would be afraid of at this point, I would imagine.
1: I mean, there's the, the thing. The other thing is, is like, I've only seen COVID patients. So like my floor is typically a stroke floor mm. and I have never had a stroke patient. <laughs> I think maybe I've one. So there's like different, and we get you know, there's a lot of cardiac problems with COVID. So it's like not only respiratory, but I'm seeing cardiac stuff, but you know, I'd like to see neuro things. I'd like to see trauma things or even GI. I mean, I feel like there's a lot that I haven't learned hmm. because our scope has been only on this respiratory virus. But as far as like, I think just me developing my, my resources, I think is what's going to help me transition into like seeing different types of patients. So I'm not necessarily scared because I know that I have resources to help me out, but it's just going to be new and it's going to be challenging.
0: How do you get past the... Cause I could never be a medical professional. I'm too squeamish, but like, how do you get past that? Like, did you have any of that? Like needles or blood or cause I, I even thinking about a needle right now, I'm weak and squeamish.
1: See, I never had a problem with needles or blood. Oh. I'm like watch surgery, surgery. I've never had an issue with, but it's more of like the smells for me. Oh, what do you, the what? Smell. Oh, you no, know, like, I'm so sorry, but I hate to tell you this. People smell really bad and like people have like diabetic wounds or things then they're like those types of wounds worst smell of my life like really really struggle with it yeah just like
0: rotting flesh basically
1: yeah exactly oh no they're alive but then they have like a necrotic rotting wound and i just can't it's just really difficult that's my biggest challenge i could see that that but the smell is so much worse and you're like oh my god
0: and it probably sticks with you
1: oh yeah it's like in your nose
0: yeah yeah you can't really avoid that and then you're going to remember that and if you smell it again it just triggers all those emotions again oh yeah
1: there was a day in, when i was in nursing school and i actually like came home and i was like i don't know if this is for me because that day i was with the wound care team which mm-hmm. they're is to go do dressing changes on all the patients that have wounds and they literally spend their whole 12 hours doing dressing changes oh. and i did not know what i was getting myself into when i was sent with them that day but it was like to the point where they had vix vapor up and before you like put your mask on to go in there it's like you put vix all over your nose just to help but even then i like i remember i got home i cracked a Modelo, and i sat in my <laughs> Like I sat down in my shower, which I almost never do. And I was just like, I don't know if I can do it.
0: I <laughs> like out of a movie.
1: Oh, it was depressing. Wow. I was like, that, that like killed my spirit today. Just like feeling like I was going to puke in every patient's room. I was like, I don't know if I'm cut out. But then I'm like, oh, wait, there's wound care nurses so that the actual nurses don't have to
0: <laughs> <laughs> So it didn't have to be you.
1: Yeah, so I was like, oh yeah. And then I would realize Good
0: Lord. I didn't know there was an entire like subdivision just devoted to that.
1: Yeah, it's nasty.
0: Oh. See, that's my thing is is I've always told people, like, I'd love to help people. I'd I'd love to to do I love helping people. I'm I'm similar to you. I I get enjoyment, energy out of that. But the idea of a needle or blood or to your point, like the smells, like I'm so cleanly myself right and I'm I'm weirded out around that kind of stuff that yeah it's not that I would try to be mean about it I would just be like I'm sorry but I can't do this because yeah. yeah I'm so distracted at this point that I probably can't provide you with the the service and care that you may need and so call that's somebody okay. else in
1: yeah 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 no and that's okay oh. the is there's like so many different ways to help people it's like you don't have to be in healthcare. you know what I mean like even your podcast and all your new stuff, like just like, cause what, what you're saying about the media earlier with it being so controversial. Oh yeah. He did, like, I think offering just like a really positive spin on the news, like you're doing your part to make the industry a positive place. I think that's yeah. It.
0: I mean, growing up, I was fascinated with the idea that you could be the person like I'd see these people tell me these stories mm-hmm. and I would watch them. And there was something I liked telling stories. I, I always liked telling stories. Yeah. And it's like, if I could do that for a living
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, you know, be that bridge between all that information that's confusing and then present it to you and tell you a story about it. That was what I enjoyed, but yeah. I didn't foresee all of this happening. Like when I was six, seven years old, waking up, To watch SportsCenter, you know, I looked up to those guys like, I want to do that. But I didn't see YouTube coming. I didn't see Twitter and Facebook and all this stuff. And unfortunately, I think what you have with a lot of these apps, we were talking about this earlier, it's this instant gratification. And these people that frankly, I don't think are very talented or interesting, go viral.
1: Right.
0: And suddenly, because they've got a blue check mark and 50 million views, everything they say is gospel. Right. And it's like... That's, I think, frustrating for me because that's where the lines get blurred with journalism. Mm-hmm. And it became about clicking onto things, clickbait. Yeah. And so the industry has had to compete with social media. And because of that, you're creating a lot of controversial topics and people. Do I believe that, you know, Tucker Carlson believes everything he says every night? No. Do I believe that Don Lemon believes everything he says every night? No way. But Uh, they've had to adjust their business model and their strategy. And, and unfortunately people don't know that they just take it as it's still news. Right. right. No, they've just changed their strategy. So if you go into it with the mindset of this is a TV show and it's entertainment, you're not going to get so upset. Yeah. Um, But for me, I've just tried to, I don't know. I think you just have to be yourself. Like
1: hundred percent. I think that's what's missing in a lot of these, that authenticity. Yeah.
0: I think a lot of people are inauthentic nowadays because they they try to like I got so like my girlfriend watches these stupid TikTok videos. I think she got rid of it, thank God. And <laughs> and she goes, you know, all these people are just copying other people with their dances and stuff. I said, yeah. exactly. And this is so stupid. Kind of, yeah. And and I think we get you know, oh, well, you got to do this challenge and you got to do this challenge and everybody's doing this. I'm like, okay, there's way more creative people out there. There's a guy with a guitar sitting on the street right now that is making no money that has more talent in his pinky than this stupid viral TikTok star. And so that's where I get worried about, you know, what this industry is going to be moving forward. Is it just about whatever pisses people off the most? Or is it about, you know, people that are actually trying to put a story out there that is compelling? I don't
1: know. And true. (laughs) And true. Yeah. Like all this opinion media, like you said, is hard to decipher. Oh yeah. And I'm
0: sure being at you, I mean, being at work nowadays, like politics have made their way everywhere. So it's probably, I don't know if you felt this, but like everywhere you go, it's just like somehow politics get involved in the conversation. And Mm -hmm. that's unfortunate, I think, because we should be focusing on each other and human beings and getting along, but instead uh, it's kind of like a fandom thing. It's like, well, I'm a Broncos fan and you're a Raiders fan, F you. Yeah, and it's like, 100%. what?
1: You're exactly right. It's And there's all this alliance and it's like, how could you, it's like, well, hold on. No one politician is ever gonna do everything right. Like just because I voted for this one person does not mean I'm gonna agree with everything he does and vice versa. I don't expect you to agree with everything that the person you voted for. Like, it's just... I'm sorry. Don't hold me accountable for.
0: Right. That's a big thing. You, you, everybody gets held accountable for everything one person does. Yeah. Like look what you guys did. And it's like, Oh my God, you know, but I I hope, I hope that we look back on all this and like people start to change and learn from it. Cause I think what usually happens is like the pendulum will swing. Like whoever's the most pissed off usually wins. Like, When Trump won, you know, his base was the most pissed off, they won. And I think when Trump was president, then the Democrats were the most pissed off, they won. And so it always kind of, and so I I hope we learn from it. And I hope people stop taking everything so serious that they see online and take a step back and just sort of like, take a deep breath, educate yourself, everything's going to be all right.
1: Exactly. And really, everything starts in the community anyways. Yeah. So just if people can make their own communities function better and deal with COVID better and safer place. And I think if everybody just did their part in that, we'd all be in a better place.
0: Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day is, um, you know, Thanksgiving, Halloween, Christmas, that whole like three month span is always like my favorite part of the year. And it's because you see a lot of your friends, you get to go back home. As you said, it's that community aspect. Mm -hmm. And this year I had to work on Thanksgiving and i had to work on christmas and i had to work on new years so i really missed out and so every year we always go to your guys' place for that friendsgiving yeah.
1: really and that,
0: i know and there was no friendsgiving and i just thought those types of those types of moments that are being taken away because of this that's the biggest travesty of this whole thing is human interaction community vibe like that whole feel when that's gone i mean it certainly makes everything else not as enjoyable. I,
1: I no, know exactly, you're exactly right. I know I, I'm really looking forward to, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe four or five months down the line when most of the community is vaccinated and it's going to be more safe to do those types of things because that is like something that I always value cherish. Those are so those times are so important to me too. And yeah, just not the same. And there's nothing that replaces that, you know, no,
0: you can't zoom it. You can't, you know, You're, FaceTime yeah. it. It's not the same. It, no. I, I am glad we have the technology we have like this to be able to have this conversation. But, you know, I would look forward to Thanksgiving every single year. That was a big moment. Sit down with my family, see my friends, get a couple of days off from work, go to yeah. your parents' place and walk in the door and your dad's like, what do you want to drink? Like that, That to me is what matters at the end of the day, you know, get rid of all the other crap that's out there. And, you know, being with your best friends and your family, that, that matters to me more than anything. And so uh, it's been difficult. And, you know, I, I grew up with, you know, your brother like every day. And then, you know, we go to different schools, we do different things. We do stay in contact, but there's nothing like us all being around each other.
1: No, you're exactly right. And I think lately I've just, you know, had some time to reflect on that whole sentiment in in itself. And it's just like, I'm just really thankful for the friendships that I have and that my family unit is as tight as it is. And that like the, the, like, and one of the things my parents taught us like growing up is like, your friends are your family. Like they've taught us with their friendships. And it's Mm -hmm. so true. And like, that is like something I've taken away from COVID is that like, these friendships are so important and you need to put the work in and invest in them. Like they're everything.
0: Oh, 100%. And I, and I think it's made me realize, you start to realize who's really probably your closest friends, because when you don't have the ability to go out to a bar and like meet everybody and just do the normal thing, all right, who's going to really call me? Who's going to text me? Who's going to reach out to me?
1: Like, you know what I mean? It's like, they're not, we're not going out. Like, it's not going to be my party friend. <laughs> no, we're- I mean,
0: somebody could go, oh, we're going to go meet Sam and so-and-so down here. And then you go out and you get a drink, whatever. Yeah. But is that same person going to call you or Snapchat you or FaceTime you yeah. and actually just talk to you? That's right. a whole different ball game that a lot of people I think have gotten away from. But it's, it's I think, forced me to really enjoy the time I've had to spend with people. Like, mm-hmm. um cj and his girlfriend visited here in august oh yeah an amazing time like it was very short but it was such a big deal to be able to see yeah. them um and then when i get to go home and see my parents like that's it's a huge deal
1: huge. and
0: so getting anyone to come here is is a little difficult um i actually have a group of friends coming in in two weeks
1: oh really And is like
0: No 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 it's it's my guys from college oh and they plan like a, we got, we're going to do a ski trip kind of basically. And, and um, the excitement level is just like through the roof. Yeah, yeah And I thought like, if we weren't dealing with this whole quarantine, this whole past year, like, you know, we'd probably be pretty excited, but I don't know if we'd be this excited. Um, even just getting the chance to talk to you today. I was like, I haven't seen Sam in a really long time. That's weird. And so to be able to do these kinds of things, you, you really start to, I think, to your point, have perspective on it. And I, Yeah, I think that's what I've taken the most from this is like you really figure out like what you're about, who your friends are that are the closest, who are your closest friends? What does your family mean to you? And I, I hope everybody can stay connected better, but you know, everybody's getting older now. So it's a little more difficult.
1: Yeah. 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 It is a little more difficult, but I think like, I don't know. I mean, at least I'll speak for myself. Like I am going to be more like intentional with staying in touch and, It's just, it's what important. It's what is what important. And, you know, it's the little things that add up and reaching out and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, you can have a nice house, nice cars. That's cool. Everybody wants that, but.
1: Flex is like good friends.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, uh, you know, if you could also do that while having the enjoyment of friends and family to share it with, um, why would you want to sit in a nice big house by yourself?
1: I know and it's like you know although you do- that
0: would be kind of nice sometimes but
1: <laughs> yeah like, like with COVID when you do have to like be alone it's like yeah but then like oh, like how you're so excited to see your friends it just makes it like the novelty is there you know
0: yeah I have you I've, I thought about this too when I was living alone the amount of time that I wouldn't waste uh going through Netflix was yeah. is substantial
1: like oh just like picking a show because you're not like going back and forth with somebody
0: yeah like hey what do you want to watch oh I don't care what do you want to watch I hate that it's a huge yeah. waste of time oh, whereas man. when I was by myself I'm like I'm just gonna watch this and yeah. nobody can dispute me
1: actually I haven't thought about that but you're exactly right I mean because Miro and I we watched like certain shows that we would like pick to watch together but right when right was, like chilling on the couch like our sh- we had like a show though like or shows avatar or shows like we had like shows picked out where we were like, okay, next episode of such and such after yeah. dinner, we'd watch it. So I don't know. We didn't have to like many times where we we're like deciding, deciding, but I can see how that would be. Oh, there he is. <laughs> oh
0: God. Yeah. I'm never alone with this one, but, um, yeah, something I thought of too, is like when you're, when you're picking out these things, uh, when you do live with someone though, it's kind of cool to like go through the show together.
1: Yeah. Cause you get
0: the reaction from the other person and like, Oh wait, what do you think is going to happen? Or I think this is going to happen. And uh, Delaney and I watched night soccer. Have you seen that?
1: Yes. The docu series.
0: Yeah. It's intense. And it's very violent. I mean, I was surprised with the amount of graphic imagery they put in there, but you're watching it and you know that he gets caught. Like they tell you that basically at the beginning but to watch it with another person who kind of gets scared and like, you know, all all nervous during it, it makes the viewing experience all the more better.
1: Yeah. Oh, they did a great job with that one, too.
0: Oh, yeah. Netflix is kicking ass. I mean.
1: And then they came out with the Cecil Hotel one. And have I've you been- seen that? Yeah.
0: Oh, and my I- God.
1: I work right by it. So Do you been- really? Go in and like look around and like my I've told friends like hey there's this hotel downtown like one of these days we gotta go, and they're like what are you talking about that sounds so weird and then the docu series comes out and they're like oh my god like yeah we should go and I'm like that's what I've
0: so you were saying this before the docu (laughs) series even came out
1: I'm sick in the head I like all that like (laughs) I
0: I started watching it and first of all it's just like I think some docu series are creepy in their own way just because of what happened was weird. This one tries to be creepy. Like the music, the the yeah. way they transition, the interviews, the way everything is set up is very unsettling. Like I'm very unsettled. And Delaney falls asleep and I can't reach the remote cuz she's on me and I'm like I don't want to watch this anymore and I don't usually get like that. Oh and my it's,
1: god.
0: It's the Have you seen the part, obviously you've seen it, but the part where the uh the woman is in the elevator and she's acting all strange? Yeah. Well, apparently it's slowed down. And so that's why it looks so creepy. But I'm sitting there and they're playing this music and it's just like, I was like, I don't like any of this. Yeah. And, you know, I've got to take Goose out to take him to the bathroom. We're going to take an elevator. Like I I went down the stairs. I was like, I don't want to go in the elevator. Yeah, I was, I don't usually get freaked out like that, but there was something so unnerving about it. And I don't know what it was. It just gave me this really dark feeling. And I was just like, Oh, this is yeah. Like demonic.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, and the Night Stalker used to stay there.
0: Yes, that was another thing. I'm like, this yeah. is way too creepy. This whole yeah. thing.
1: Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I think the the answers to that mystery are like more simple than what they're trying to make it.
0: I would agree. I think they take something and try to run with it. And it's like, maybe she was just murdered and weird stuff happened.
1: I think she was off her meds and she went up there on her own. And then she jumped in and she goes, oh shit, I can't get out. I don't know.
0: You think she jumped in there?
1: I think she did it herself.
0: I thought that she was on like some sort of like hallucinogen. Like she was at the hotel. Like, first of all, I find it incredibly weird that a girl like that would just go all the way to LA by herself from Canada. Right? She's from Vancouver.
1: I thought
0: so too. I didn't like that at all. Like I can't imagine you going to like another country by yourself and staying at a weird hotel. Like you're just asking for trouble at that point. Not that she deserved anything that happened to her, but you're putting yourself in a very bad situation. And then I thought maybe she's trying to escape from something or maybe she's just trying to have like her own time to experiment, whatever. And so I thought maybe she just took some drugs, had a really bad trip went up to the roof, and jumped in the water, because maybe she thought that would wake her up, or maybe she thought the water was something else, and then it was just a terrible accident.
1: I kind of think it's more along that. I mean, I don't think that... I don't know. I mean, who, knew, who really knows, but she just wasn't seen with anybody else. No. Um, I don't know. It was just weird. And she'd been off her meds, and she's already dealing with other issues, and but I also think that the manager, that blonde gal. Yes. She knows more. Just,
0: she plays I, so dumb.
1: She plays so dumb. And like what she said, like her comment she made about like, do you really think that we would let an alarm go off? Or blah, blah, blah? Like, you know how you, there's two ways up to the roof? Yeah. The exterior. And I'm like, well, clearly people go up there all the time. There's like empty beer cans and-
0: Yeah, people go out and hang up, out hang up, hang out, go out, go out up. there and do drugs.
1: Yeah, like your alarm is not even on. I think
0: they realized what that place was. I don't really think they ever cared about customer service. It was like, we're bringing all these people in for as cheap as possible. We have very low maintenance and let's just keep it full. And yeah. all this bad stuff that happens, that's their fault, not our fault. And we move forward. Yeah. Because they take no no blame. She's like, oh, well, why would we do that? I'm like, you're just playing, you're making us sound stupid now. Yeah. So I agree. I think she knew more. I think a lot of people knew more, but I think there's probably been so many weird things that have happened there.
1: She was like, I'm not going to deal with that. And then it turned into a big deal. It's That's creepy. I I'm, just, like, I, I I,
0: I'm nervous just thinking about it. It was so creepy. Yeah. The elevator know. thing was creepy. I didn't like that. Everything else, like, all right, it just sounds like a murder mystery, but the elevator, for whatever reason, I didn't like that one.
1: I just want to know like who slowed it down, who who cropped it in the way that it was cropped.
0: Cause there's that part where it looks like the elevator, it skips ahead, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And so somebody either walks across there that they didn't want seen on camera, whether that be an employee, what have you, but somebody walked somewhere where they where they didn't want them to be seen.
1: It's it's been messed with. And like I think if we whoever can figure out who did that that's the key but
0: you should go down there
1: maybe i should okay you don't watch american horror story
0: i watched the like the very very first ever season i think at your guys's place um josh and i did but this was years ago
1: yeah yeah yeah. well one of their seasons is called hotel and it's based off of that hotel um but obviously they go like way overboard with all their twisty dark stuff but I was just fascinated because I was like, Oh my God, this is like so interesting. This hotel's so close. I should just go.
0: <laughs> you Just walk in, take some pictures yeah. at least.
1: I like all the art deco stuff.
0: Yeah. Just get, get in the lobby, get some pictures. Say you went there and then get the hell out of there.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Um, speaking of, of being in LA, how long do you think, you know, you'll, you'll be there and is this kind of the place you want to be?
1: Yeah. I was actually talking to you. I was, I was hanging out with one of my friends last night and they're from Miami. So this is like a conversation.
0: Miami. Yeah,
1: they're two sisters. But so my contract at work is for two years. So I'm at least staying that long. Um, I'm not trying to make any future plans now. But I could see myself staying here. Hmm. But I don't know. It's hard. I was telling them, I was like, you know, I, I have so much fun when I go home, it's like such a special time to like see my parents and see family friends. And sometimes I feel this like guilt when I leave, like, oh my gosh, like, should I move back? Like, you know, it's such a nice thing to have this community here, but. Right. So we were kind of having that conversation last night and they brought up a good point. They're like, yeah, but it wouldn't feel so special if you had it all the time.
0: Yeah, you'd wake up and be like, okay, I'm bored.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and so I'm like, that's actually a good point. And they're like, it's really neat to have that to go home to, but then to also have... because I had some. Like, well, how much longer are you going to live with your life cut in half? Meaning like LA and, and Fresno. And I was like realizing, like, I think my life would always be cut in half because I have now have this really amazing group in LA that if I were to move back to Fresno, I would now have to like spend time to come visit LA. And so I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say one way or another but I think I'm going to be here for two to three more years at least
0: yeah Uh I think I'm kind of in the same boat I love bend um but you know cost of living and just you know the way I'm set up here I couldn't buy a house or anything you know maybe down the road I'd come back here but I'm pretty open I mean um I think you have to just take opportunity and and weigh it weigh it out and say does this benefit me you know personally professionally is this something I should do and so coming to Bend made so much sense because it was a beautiful place and mm-hmm. it's so outdoors and active and it seemed like the perfect way to combat being locked down. Yeah. Getting the dog, you know, skiing and going out by the river and doing all the things that we've done. I mean, it's been amazing and I'm I'm very thankful to be here rather than being in the middle of, you know, Arkansas or you know, Missouri or something like that, where a lot of small markets are. And I just, I knew that if I was going to do that, there's no way, uh, you know, I could imagine a better scenario than, than this.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I do need to go home more. And to your point, I I do feel some guilt. Like I feel bad that my parents are by themselves. That sucks.
1: I know. And like McKenna's, you know, doing her thing, which is amazing, but I feel guilt in the way that I'm like, I feel like me not living there tells them that I don't appreciate it, if that makes sense.
0: That's interesting. But they should also know, like, the whole point of having kids is, like, to go yeah. and have them succeed and, you know, follow their dreams or whatever, and you've done your job.
1: Like, teases me, like, Sam, I'm. we're building this house, and I have a room just for you. Like, you know, <laughs> like, aren't you moving back? Like, as much as he teases, I know that he's, like, so excited and proud that I'm, like, he raised a female that like could come to a city like LA and like right. do it, like I think that he's so stoked on that. So I- Oh I, yeah,
0: but if you were to tell him, hey dad, uh, you know, I need a spot, he, oh. he'd he be wide open.
1: Yeah, he was <laughs> so funny.
0: So to your point, it's good to, I, I know I always have that. It's like if things were, if shit were to really hit the fan, you know, yeah. I could call my parents and say, hey, I need time to figure this out. Yeah. Can I come home for a month, whatever. I I wouldn't want to do that, but I know I could do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. We're really lucky.
0: We are. Except, you know, this whole stupid lockdown thing. But
1: I know. But, like, it's just amazing we have the people to go home to, you know? That's true.
0: Well, I I know, uh, you know, you've got things to do, and uh, we we could talk forever. But you should come back on because I'd want more updates. And if you do go to the hotel, then you can really come back on and provide us with some visual –
1: Give you the evidence, evidence of all this that would be so much fun i'll actually do that
0: well if you ever plan to come up here let us know and if not yeah. i was telling delaney like we need to make a a trip down to california and say hi to, to friends and family so we got to figure something out i was yeah,
1: no, we'll do it. We'll, we'll get it figured out
0: i was talking to your brother about this but you know him he sucks with plans so you've got to yeah. kind of plan it for him
1: well plan i think i you guys should come like when the house is done you should come to fresno mm. and we'll like have a little party or something I think it'll be
0: like a, like May. Okay. I'm down. I need to go back. And plus, it'll be like nice weather then. It won't be like 110 degrees. So, All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Sam. And it's great to talk to you as always. You're the best. And uh, we'll have to run it back. I love it. Thanks for joining us. If you like what you hear, you can like, share, and subscribe if you want to hear more. Peace.